Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Seerah, and much more. ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون All praise is due to Allah we praise Him, seek for His assistance and forgiveness, and we seek refuge with Him from evils of our souls and our misdeeds. No one can mislead whosoever Allah guides, and, no, and none can be guided whosoever Allah causes to go astray. I testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah alone, and He has no partner. I also testify that Muhammad وسلم, is His last slave and the last messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May the peace and the blessings of Allah be upon our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his family, his companions, and all those that will follow him in righteousness until the day of judgment. O you who believe, fear Allah as he should be feared, and die not except in a state of Islam with complete submission to Allah. Today I want to address an important issue in Islam, in the aqidah of Islam. And this issue is with the sovereignty, the siyada in Islam or the rulings in Islam. The ruling being to Allah Azza wa Jal. Today our leaders, when they speak on the idea of ruling, they claim that the best system for mankind to live under is a system where they can rule upon themselves. Where people can take the initiative and provide their own legislation and their own rulings. This system is termed democracy. And this word democracy for a lot of us it carries beautiful context. It's a positive word. It sounds nice. It's pleasing to our minds. Because within democracy, there are certain processes that appeal to the human being, like the ideas of one's opinion or one's voice being heard. But democracy at large, it's much more than a simple process. It is an entire system. A system where the ruling, where the sovereignty, it belongs to the people where people are the ones who make the laws, where people get to choose what's right and what's wrong. Now, of course, the non-Muslims, they don't have Islam, so their system will be flawed because it is man-made, because they resort to their own mind. And the mind of the human is limited, it's biased. And because of the nature of how we are created, we can never perfect something. And because of this, we see the corruption all throughout the world because of all these man-made systems. But for Muslims, we have Islam, we have the Qur'an, we have a system. We have something where Allah has revealed for us, where He says clearly, Then it is the judgment of the jahiliyyah that you desire. Allah is asking us a rhetorical question. 
and then he falls with who is better than Allah in judgment and hukum for people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking us, do you seek the ruling of jahiliya? And by jahiliya, he means the people that are ignorant of Islam, that were ignorant of Rasulullah, that rejected the Quran and the Sunnah. And Allah is asking us, can there be anyone that is better than Allah Himself that you judge by? Who is better? Is it the people all together, collectively? Is it the intellectuals in our society? Is it the congresses and the parliaments across the world? Are they better than Allah to decide what is right and wrong? This is what Allah says in the Quran. It's a rhetorical question. وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُوا مِنَ اللَّهِ حُكْمًا لِقَوْمِ يُقِنُونَ Who is better than Allah when it comes to the hukm? Of course Allah is the best. We look at anything around us, we are witness to this. Look at the ecosystems. Look at the solar system. Look at how your own human body functions. It's perfect because Allah created it. He perfected it. So if Allah perfected a system for us to live by, the hukm to live by as well, why do we reject it? And Allah's warning is, are we desiring the hukm of jahiliya? So today, when someone comes to you and says, democracy is the best rule in the world, and then they say, you see all the tyranny in the world, all the tyrants, to get rid of them, let's voice our opinion through democracy. And voicing your opinion is simply a process. Protesting against something is a process. But like I said, democracy is something that's beyond a process. It's a rule. And it doesn't matter who's the face of the system. The system is inherently flawed. And this system or any man-made system compared to Next to Allah's system, Allah's system is giant to this. It overpowers it, it stands above it, and it gives light to all of mankind. This system that people vouch for, for democracy, it's a rule where the siyadah, the sovereignty, is within the people. Whatever the people deem right or wrong. And it's based on the idea that man can legislate, that man is smart enough, that man is good enough, that man has enough knowledge to deem what is right and wrong. And this is associating partners with Allah. Only Allah can know what is right and wrong. Only Allah can tell us how to live. Not whoever is in Congress. And if we accept this, then we're accepting partners with Allah. And these laws, they, con they constantly, they change. If one day they tell us that you cannot pray in the masjid anymore, like we see in France, do we accept this? In France, they tell the women, the Muslim women, that they can't wear niqab. But at the same time, they will find the people that don't wear face masks. This is democracy. It's flawed. Allah Azza wa Jal he places very significant emphasis on this idea. When we read the Qur'an, when we look at our ideology, when we look at our aqidah, we see how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He tells Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Nabi, the person who's at the most supreme, the highest level when it comes to man, the messenger, the link between us 
and Allah is Rasulullah. And what does Allah tell Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam? He tells him that you are nothing more than a rahmah to the, to the people. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ And we have not sent you except as a mercy to mankind. But then Allah also warns Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He warns him that when it comes to the rulings, make sure you only rule by what I have revealed. Not by anything else. Not one bit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ بِالْحَقِّ We have revealed to you this book of Haqq. Allah is saying, He's making it clear that only the Qur'an is the book of Haqq. And it goes over any other book. It goes, any, it goes over any other ideas. It goes over the constitutions. It goes over what the human rights organizations say. Or what the what UN says. Or what Joe Biden or Trump or Sanders or any of these people say. What Allah has said comes before that. And Allah continues, فَأَهْكُمْ فَأَهْكُمْ بَيْنَهُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ He tells Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and what do you do with this book of Haqq? What do you do with the Qur'an? You use it to rule the people, to judge between them. This is what you use. وَلَا أَهْوَاءَهُمْ عَمَّا جَاءَكَ مِنَ الْحَقِّ And do not follow their desires. Don't follow what the people have. Stay on the Haqq. Quran is the haq. Don't follow their wishes. The wishes of the people, there's so many of them. So many different people, so many different desires. Rich people, poor people, smart people. The rich people, they have the interest in the laws that makes them more money. The poor people have interest in the laws that takes away money from the rich. Today we see the LGBTQ people, they have their own laws. They want society to accept them. They want the Muslims to accept their way of life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden this. Allah azza wa jal, He says that no one's interest matters. Not my interest, not your interest. Not the interest of the person who has more power or more money, but only the interest of Allah. The interest of the Lord, the Rabb, Al-Khaliq, the Creator, Al-Razzaq, the Sustainer, Al-Jabbar. He is the one who rules. He is the one who decides. People's desires continue to change. Ten years ago, gay marriage wasn't allowed. Now, it's encouraged. A while back, alcohol was seen as bad. Now it's seen as good. And these things will continue to change as long as man has that right to make the decision. The Qur'an, it doesn't change. It won't change until the day of judgment. Nothing will be better than Allah. When we see people take the laws into their own hands, we see all types of conflicts and bias. We see that when black men are murdered in cold blood, they can't receive no justice because the white supremacists have the power. This is how Allah addressed Rasulullah to take the guidance, to take the haqq, to take the truth to the people and to judge between them with the truth. Now when Allah talks about the people, when it comes to the issue of ruling, look at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Nur. 
He says, وَيَقُولُونَ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَبِالرَّسُولِ And when they are called to Islam, to Rasul, to Rasulullah, when they're called to Allah, they come. وَأَطَعْنَا ثُمَّ يَتَوَلَّى فَرِيقٌ مِّنْهُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ وَمَا أُولَٰئِكَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ And they turn their backs away after claiming their deen. They turn their backs away. And why do they turn their backs? Allah says in the next ayah, وَإِذَا دُعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِ لِيَهْكُمَ بَيْنَهُمْ إِذَا فَرِيقٌ مِّنْهُمْ مُعْرِدُونَ When they are called to judge by the Qur'an, when they are called to Allah and Rasulullah, by Allah we mean the Qur'an and Rasulullah we mean His Sunnah. When we call the people to them, they turn away and they shy away from this. وَإِنْ يَكُلْ لَهُمُ but when, but when it favors them, they come back. When the Quran and the Sunnah, it favors them, they come back. But this is not what Islam says. You can't just pick what, what works for you, what's best for you. And then Allah says in the next ayah, Allah is questioning the people that do this. Allah is questioning the people that turn their backs away. He's saying, do they have a disease in their hearts? Do they have doubt in Allah? Do they have doubt that Allah will rule them? That Rasulullah and Allah, what they brought down, that it will be oppression on them? Do you think that Allah is like the tyrants in the world, the tyrants that we see in Syria, in India, or anywhere else in the world? Is that why you scare away from the rulings of Allah? This is what Allah is asking us. This is for us to reflect on. And then Allah talks about the real believers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues and He says, إِنَّمَا كَانَ قَوْلَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذَا دَعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِ That when the real believers are called, when the mu'mineen are called to the same thing, to the idea of ruling with Allah, with the Qur'an and the Sunnah, they come and they say we hear and we obey. And these are the successful ones. The real believers, they go to the land, they go to the land of the Lord and they make sure that these lands have the laws of the Lord. Today when people, when people call for the implementation of Islam, we see what the world has done to them. The world fights them. The world, the, war, the world calls war upon them. It crushes them. But this is exactly what happened to Rasulullah and the Sahaba as well. When they were in Mecca and when they called for the implementation of Islam, they were tortured, they were killed, they were boycotted, they were chased out. So of course, if you want to follow the method of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the most perfect method, the only method, of course there will be struggle, of course there will be hardships, but also there will be victory. There will be lots of reward. And it's the only way that we can get victory. And this is, this is part of Islam. This is part of our aqidah. The hukm it belongs to Allah. 
This is the real deen. أقول قول هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. Today the world has praised democracy and turned away from the Quran and the Sunnah. This guidance from Allah Azza wa Jal, these laws in Islam, they aren't supposed to be held only in our masjids or when we find them convenient. For example, when we get married, we get married according to the Sharia. But when it comes to the business transactions, when it comes to the world affairs, when it comes to the societal aspects of Islam, we choose to ignore the Quran and the Sunnah. We can't neglect these things anymore. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَتُعْمِنُونَ بِبَعْدِ الْكِتَابِ وَتَقْفُرُونَ بِبَعْدِ Do you believe in part of the scripture and disbelieve in part of it? Allah is asking us rhetorical questions about the reality that we're living in today. And this is the reason we suffer. Today, today when we look at democracy and what it has done for us, when we still want to call for democracy, let, look, let's look at what democracy has done. It has brought destruction to humanity. Democracy allowed for colonialism, where Europe went to Africa, Asia, went to America, and humiliated the people there. They raped and committed genocide amongst, uh, against the people there. Millions of innocent people. They stole their lands, their resources, treated them like animals, kidnapped their families, turned them into slaves. This is what democracy did. And they don't teach you this in school because it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Imagine they take you as a slave and they cut your daughter's hands off because you didn't pick enough crops. This is what democracy did. They, they steal our resources. They divided the Ummah. They divided Africa and Asia. Created conflicts between them that were never there. Until this day, they prevent the unity of the Ummah. They prevent the Muslim Ummah to unite. Till this day, they're stealing our oil and gas. Till this day, they're stealing our diamonds and all of our other resources. When they went into Iraq, when they went into Iraq, the former U.S. Secretary, Madam Albright, she said that the half a million innocent children that were killed with all sorts of chemical warfare, she said that the price was worth it for America's benefit. This is what democracy is. In Yemen, democracy continues to starve the people. In Syria and Palestine, democracy drop, drops bombs on the people. In America, democracy allows the cold-blooded murders of black people and the separation of Hispanic families on the border. And they cage those people. They cage these humans like animals. This is what democracy has done 
These are the crimes of democracy. And today we think that voting on November 3rd will change this. We think that the situation will change, but these flaws are deep. They're deep inside democracy. They're inherited in it. The reason all these crimes can happen is because man, that insan, has been given the right to deem what is right and wrong. Of course, the person, Madeleine Albright, of course she's going to think of her own gain. And she doesn't care about the Iraqi children. Humans are selfish. But before we are selfish as Muslims, we have to submit to Allah and His laws and His rules. Just like Muhammad delivered to, to the Muslim at that time. And lastly, the last thing I want to say what democracy has done. Today in France, the situation is awful. The situation in France with the President Emmanuel Macron has dishonored Muhammad the greatest man, the most beloved to me and you, the most beloved to all of us. We love Muhammad more than we love our parents and our kids and our wives and our husbands. He is the closest to our heart and the French, their democracy has allowed the people to insult Muhammad and the deen of Islam. They can make cartoons of Rasulullah and we can't do anything about it because we're stuck under democracy. There's a hadith where Umar bin al-Khattab anhu, he was with Rasulullah and he tells him, Ya Rasulullah, I love you more than anything except for myself. And Rasulullah said, you're not there yet. And then he says, okay, I get what you're saying. I love you more than I love anyone, even myself. And Rasulullah said, now you're right, Umar. So we love and we hate for the sake of Muhammad In our history, the last time the French tried to dishonor the Muslims was when we had the Uthmani Khilafah and they tried to have a play where they dishonored Muhammad and at that time, when we had Islamic leadership, when we had a Sultan, Sultan Abdul Hamid, when he heard of this, he called the French ambassador and he says that this play will not happen. It will not happen. How dare you think about insulting Rasulullah? How dare you insult the Ummah? And then the British, the same thing happened. And they've tried to make an excuse that this is a free country, we can do whatever we want. We've already sold all the tickets. It's going to hurt our economy. We're going to lose money. And Sultan Abdul Hamid said, if that's the case, then I'm going to bring my army. And I'm going to bring my army to fight against you if you dishonor Rasulullah. This is the leadership of Islam. This is what happens when the sovereignty, when the siyada, it belongs to Allah alone. Imagine when someone insults your mother or your brothers or your friends, how would you react? How would you want the action to be against the people who are insulting and oppressing? Now multiply that by a thousand. That's the level of love and respect Rasulullah deserves. Before you go vote on November 3rd, realize 
And remember that what you are doing is you are electing someone to represent you, to represent on your behalf. And what is this representation for? It's for the creation of laws. And we've just talked about how flawed it is, how it will just continue to hurt and oppress us. The lesser of two evils argument is flawed because they're both evil. Biden is an open Zionist and he will hurt Palestine. And this idea of lesser two evils, technically it's only applicable to the situation where you only have two options and there's nothing else. But in this scenario, we have a third option, which is abstaining from this action. Now that doesn't mean you're okay with the oppression. That doesn't mean that you don't want to stand up against all the evil, but you stand up the way Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam did. The Quran, it tells you how, uh, the, it, the Quran tells you to pray. It tells you to perform hajj. It tells you to fast. But it, does, it doesn't tell you how to perform these actions. To learn how to perform these actions, we go to the sunnah of Rasulullah. And he has shown us how to, how to carry out these actions. So the same thing applies here. When we want liberation, when we want to stand up against oppression, we have to do it the way Rasulullah did. We have to follow the, the sunnah and we have to follow the kitab al-haq, the Qur'an. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and seerah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.